This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak. Great to have you with us on this lovely, dark Saturday evening. It's getting dark now in the evenings. Um, uh, before we jump in, if I can just get some of you to drop your comments in, I've got the Getter page open, and that has just gone live. Uh, anywhere else you're watching, let us know. My moderator team can let me know. We should be on uh, Getter, on Rumble, on the website, on DLive, on Twitter for a laugh, on Facebook, um, and actually possibly on Twitch, but who knows? I'll let my my producer let me know if we're actually on Twitch. Of course, oh, we are. I'm just shutting down the screen because we were, and it just duplicated. Of course, the Voice of Wales have streaked ahead with Twitch, and we are only following in their wake. It is wonderful to have not the usual Dan and Stan, but Dan and James. Thank you guys for coming on tonight. No, thanks for having us. Cheers, mate. Not at all. Great to have and James. I know you do stuff. You do stuff with um, with Unity News every so often, don't you? Do you want to just introduce yourself for a moment before we jump in? Because you're new to Hearts of Oak Stream, so take a moment introduce yourself. Thank you, Pete. Um, so I basically started September last year. Um, I started with a campaign group I founded called Students Against Tyranny. After that, then about how many months? It was a couple of months into it. I was asked to join Voice of Wales, so I joined Voice of Wales. And then um, UNN, so David Clues, offered me the opportunity to run a live show. Originally, every Monday lunchtime, it's now moved to a Thursday evening, so Thursday at 8pm on Unity News. And yeah, I just do that every week now. Wow, well, great to have you with us. Thank you. Um, Let me it... uh, Sorry, I'm just looking. I got a a message up. Uh, I see you're wearing Getter hats, and just let me come before we start that I Getter have a week of events in the UK. It's called a, a Getter UK Takeover. On Monday, the 21st is going to be a comedy evening in Backyard Comedy Club on Comedy Unleashed. That'll be Monday evening. Tim Young, Abby Roberts, Andrew Lawrence, Dominic Frisbee. That's Monday. Tickets are seven quid. You get a you get a drink. So in effect, your tickets are free. And on the Friday, the twenty fifth, Matt Latis has got an event. Uh, it's the match England v USA. So come and watch Matt on that. He'll be uh, meeting and greeting, and Jason Miller will be there trying to understand what football is actually about. Uh, so come along. Tickets are up there on the Monday, Comedy Unleashed and on our website. I think Matt Letizia has put out the link for Friday so you can get hold of that. You have to get tickets to attend both. I think the Friday is free. So if you're around London, and who knows, maybe we'll get outside London after a while, but you have to start somewhere. So get your tickets for that. Now, without, for and of course, for, for sorry, Voice of Wales at via Wales official on uh, Getter and voiceofwales.com. So make sure if you're not, which I'm sure you are, and also the Telegram channel, all the links are in the description. So go and make use of them. Now, what our first story is, is this. It is Remembrance 
weekend, Remembrance Sunday, well, it was Thursday, the 11th of the 11th, uh, where we remember our fall and those who've gone before to give us our freedoms. Um, guys, you just want to maybe mention what that means. It's a very British thing, but I think it's replicated in most countries around the world where citizens are encouraged to pause and remember the lives that have been given for their freedom. Yeah, well, for me, it goes, you know, from when I was a child, I've come, my, I got a military family, my grandfather's both military men, and, you know, you grow up hearing all the stories, being from Swansea, you had the Swansea Blitz. So, you know, I think everyone in Swansea especially has, you know, sort of personal ties still, because, it's you know, it's not that long ago when you think about it, when it, it actually ended. So it's one of my, you know, earliest sorts of... Um, commitments made i suppose and it started from a very young age and it's something that unfortunately you're seeing a lot less people sort of getting behind you it's, it's becoming political you see in the smp bringing politics into and it's it's always been sort of non-political and people just pay their respects i i think it may be turning a little bit slightly it, it definitely has been i mean you know <coughs> even earlier today you had the churchill statue which has now been wrapped with an albanian flag mm. um there was a you know at the thomas picton memorial which we reported on you had um the more protesting yeah. a, a war hero and trying to get his statue torn down because what is is black mistress own black slaves yeah so unfortunately it has become extremely extremely political but you know 1939 you'd have people at my age sent off to fight wars mm. and nowadays everyone needs a safe space because words hurt mm. Yeah, a completely different time, isn't it? You know, yeah. you look at today, if, if there was something that happened today and people were being nationally conscripted, you know, to, to sign up, you'd get a lot of people who would be getting medically signed off with depression and anxiety, you know? Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that story, don't worry. And I saw the, um, the Albania, we'll maybe touch on that when we look at immigration. But I want to go on to climate change and i certainly was caught up with the mess of these individuals on uh might have been wednesday or thursday i think wednesday and that is the, the that is the face i've got to say the face of evil it's a face of uh, chaos and i don't give a damn yeah. this is the woman who ruined your mondays so with my uh, eco activist who calls m25 chaos is cambridge educated wannabe pop star who shares selfies in a petrol car Oh, that hurts me immensely, a petrol car, and compared herself to a prisoner of war after a storming Premier League match. Now, I guess this individual thinks that actually she can control our lives. So many of the uh, many of the interview clips of them talking, and they don't really care what uh, chaos they cause to people's lives because they think they're in the right and they think they're on some, I guess, divine mission. Yeah, yeah. I, I there was an interesting follow-up story that came from this. I can't remember exactly where, but she was posting from when she was on holidays somewhere, somewhere lovely. Um, I, I'm guessing she didn't like you know canoe her way to wherever she was going. She probably flew. But but this is the problem with these people, you know. It is. It always seems to be. It's okay for them. Well, you know, it's it's okay anyway because uh, the electric cars actually produce more carbon than the yeah than the bloody yep. uh, the the diesel ones. Yeah. So it's completely yeah. fine. It's more environmentally friendly. <laughs> yeah, 
And it's it, you know it's confusing. Is it, we we had Paul Burgess on, who's you know very mm. interesting guy, excellent with the climate, and yep. we, we we deal with him quite quite often. And we had the discussion. You know, surely if they were this terrified, you know, this this girl was crying, saying she has no future. Well, you know, she's now been arrested. She could be serving in a prison. So ironically, she may have no future. You know, but it's because of her actions rather than the climate. Oh, it, um, I, I'm sure her petrol car has caused the sea levels to rise by at least a metre. But obviously, <laughs> uh, she's not too. I, I guess it's only, uh, and again, it's the whole eco thing, uh, those who are rich and can afford their top-of-the-range Tesla. And it's not about saving the planet. It's about showing off your eco credentials, I guess, and getting that tick and being accepted in that part of society. Mm. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. It's all everything these days, you know, it, it's about virtue. You know, it's you want to be seen to be doing your bit. There was another video that came up, I think it was the same day as as that um, that young girl. And she was there with her big plastic glasses on, you know, a plastic Mac. She's wrapped in plastic and then she's, tell it, and then she's holding up the M25. Uh, and, and it was only a matter of time until someone actually got hurt. Um, because I don't know if we've got it uh, there, but it's, um, I believe it was a police officer. Injured yeah. when two trucks collided um, because of these protesters. Well, you, you've also had other issues where there's ambulances that haven't been able to get past. You've had this um, this this man who was trying to get, I think it was his mum, uh, to it's, the hospital because she yeah. was having a stroke or something. Yeah. And they wouldn't let the car go. Mm. So, you know, his mum is now completely paralysed or whatever issues yeah. she's yeah. going to carry through life But now. And that's because of them. Yeah. So, and it was even more recently the guy who missed his own father's funeral. I think it was yep. him and his son was due to be a bearer at his father's yep. funeral. Um, and the traffic held them up, and and they missed that. You know, that's not an opportunity that you're ever going to get back. Um, it's not something that you can just put off till next week. You know, it's it's horrendous what they're doing, and you know, it it, it is them that's causing the problem rather rather than any sort of climate alarmism that's apparently going on. And I read there was one one journalist for. Was it talk radio or something? Got arrested and held for reporting on it. So the police are arresting those who are reporting on police inactivity. Well, it, it's really frustrating, to be honest, when I read that, because, you know, she was only in, not even in the, an hour of it was her drive, try, driving home. Yeah. So, you know, you had six hours where she may have been in a cell um, or five hours in a cell, one hour dealing with it, you know, and, and everybody's up in arms about it. You know, we, we were in a cell for 36 hours. <laughs> You know, and, and the, the case was dropped and, you know, there's we've got some good news. We're doing stuff with Harry Miller and Bad Law um, regarding South Wales Police, you know, myself and, and James regarding the case. So, but, you know, it, it, the message is correct, though, that you know, reporters and journalism should be held at a high standard. You know, if you're not there involved in any of the protest, you are you do have a right to be there to report what's actually going on. Um, it's, it's in the public in- interest, obviously, because it's all over the media every single day at the moment. Well, not anymore. Because of what Extinction Rebellion are doing and Just Stop Oil and all of them, they're passing new laws and new legislation, whatever, like the, the protest crime bill and all of that. And that's because of what they're doing so that we have to register with police now for protests. Mm. And they, the, the police are the ones to give permission in London for us to hold a protest, right? We have to ask them if it's okay. It's absolutely disgusting. And that's all because of what Just Up Oil, Extinction Rebellion and all of them are doing. Yeah. Mm. 
No, absolutely. Let's. There was another story, of course, COP twenty, whatever, twenty seven, twenty eight, over in in Egypt is happening uh, because you fly to Egypt to save the world. And uh, this was a grid from Disclosed TV. Four hundred private jets arrived in Egypt during COP twenty seven, and it is pure hypocrisy. Uh, where I guess I, I've got my private jet, I'll fly in. But hey, you shouldn't fly for the next five years in case you raise sea levels. Um, but we, I get we see this. We saw it in Edinburgh uh, when I think Edinburgh Airport was the busiest they've ever been during the period of COP27 or COP26 up there. Yeah. So it's, yeah, do as I say and not as I do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know... <laughs> Is why can't a Zoom call be suffice? Why why is that got not good enough? You know, what it, it, it is complete hypocrisy, and it, it completely goes against their own argument. You know, it discredits everything for me that they're saying. I I still am yet to see any um, evidence or even any argument that this that this climate alarmism is even justified. You know, I I'm not seeing it you know and i've been looking for it and and this is the problem you know these people who are terrified why aren't they looking to find out if it's yeah. you know if, if if it is actually that bad why are they just going with it why are all the world leaders going with it you know what it's, it's control you know it's just another way of ushering in control through the back door through climate you know you're not going to be allowed to you've had too much meat now sorry your social credit uh score won't allow yeah. you any more meat and and you know People may think that's a bit far, but I do believe that's exactly what this climate emergency and everything else regarding control is all about. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, what people don't understand is as well, it's just a theory. There's no scientific backing for it. Uh, it hasn't been proven. Um, I mean, when I was in secondary school now, which is only a couple of years ago, well, about four or five years ago, um, I, we, we had so for two years I'd wash back lessons. For those entire two years, we'd be learning about sustainability, renewable energy, climate change, and all of that. They teach it as if it was fact. Yeah. They push it onto us constantly. And you know, for a while, I believed it until I spoke with Paul. And then mm. you know, Paul completely just blew my mind because he knows what he's talking about. And it's a, another side of the argument that people aren't hearing but need to research and yeah. look into. Yeah. Tell Sam, obviously. Paul has, a, I've seen a number of the videos you've had off him and you do other stuff. Uh, maybe just give people a taster of what they get when they follow Voice of Wales in case they haven't. So, it, you know, we always, we look for honest media, whatever the media are saying, what's the other, the other side? You yep. know, there needs to be a balanced argument out there. People say that that is being biased, but I don't think it is because it's just unfortunate that everything that they hide is on that side of politics. So, you know, we, we do look for these COVID, for example. I don't know how much we can say, and that's why I won't say too much. But Oh, say it all. Say it all. Yeah, We're not on YouTube. Go for it. <laughs> i got to be careful because we haven't really ever had any long running on YouTube or any of these platforms that censor us. We reported almost immediately so you've got to be careful like so we're quite loose-lipped but with covid we'll look for you know why are they trying to do this you know why what's the reasoning behind what they're saying yeah. so it, it's always a look for the alternative side old school journalism i say with the best way to sum it up because it's holding people to account the, the police politicians governments anybody to account that should be held to account for failings that they're doing daily you know, uh, and that's the, the saying from 1984 that we absolutely love, right? Um, pr 
Oh, sorry. What was it? It was uh, 1984. Journalism is, is printing. Um, journalism is printing stuff that no one else wants you to print. Anything yeah. else? Public relations, mm. yeah. right? And this is what people don't, you know, don't see. I mean, we want to show the alternative side, as you kept saying, to to what they're what they're saying. Mm. But in order to do that, it just ha so happens to be right wing, and so then we get labelled as being politically yeah. biased. But unfortunately, all media is politically biased it's, it's crazy that it's even right wing because you know the covid lockdown the marches against that they're now right wing apparently right said fred a far right said fred <laughs> even even piers corbyn is far right you know it, you'd be living in a, a bonkers world where there's far right far left whatever it's just all completely mishmashed i suppose so everything that they is against the establishment is now far right rather than far left yeah. which is what it would have been before so you, you you're seeing a massive switch on how things are judged um, perfect example, Anna Redfern, sorry, perfect example, Anna Redfern, right? Liberal, pro-refugee, you know, all, all of the main liberal kind of left-wing political stances. Yet, as soon as she came out against vaccine passports, immediately labelled far-right, yeah. a racist, a bigot, mm. and she isn't. No, no, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. you know, it's, that, that's absolutely right. It's just, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to take the flack because <laughs> we know in Wales especially, so many people... You know, it's a different beast because we are already under socialism. Mark Drakeford is, you know, an open, well, communist even even go as far mm -hmm. as because, you know, it's not in touch with politics at all. Welsh politics anyway, because 46 percent of people turned out to vote in the last Welsh elections, yeah. which is appalling. You know, of that 40 odd percent, 30 odd percent voted Labour. So they so they won on a majority of the minority. So it, it's. It, but then Brexit, it was, it, I think, close to 80% turnout. So mm. there is definitely people awake in Wales. And if the right sort of vote came around, then maybe they'd be interested. But we want to try, that's what we're trying to do, is wake people up to the, you know, to the, the politics, the mess that, that we're in in Wales and where it's heading, you know, sex education's coming in, or already in. They're um, in court on the 14th and 15th as well, by the way. Yeah, 15th and 16th of, 15th, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, all these sorts of things that are happening under the radar, we try and call it out, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let let me just, before we jump on to UK politics, uh, let me just mention some of the people on the live chat. Uh, we have Mally Bite was first in, uh, Pems Het, Frankie Boys, Fair Pete, Tommy AU, uh, Julie, his always... Pem's head. Uh, there are lots. Charles Livingston. Uh, hi, uh, villain eighty two. I love all the names. Um, <laughs> Toffee's fourteen. Great to have you all. And I may not get a chance to put in your comments, but I do certainly look through them after. So appreciate you jumping on as the viewer, as the audience, and participating. So thank you for that. Uh, let's go into. UK politics, which isn't as exciting as US politics, which we'll try and touch on as well. Um, and this is our wonderful globalist prime minister, who is over at uh, the COP talks. And he decided he would go in the end after Boris said he was going and Sunak jumped in and announced he was going. But this is Sunak to issue channel crossing ultimatum to Macron today and to demand action from the French I mean, I think that's it, sort of, guys. What do you think? I mean, if you demand Macron does something, I, I think we've got this issue of our invasion actually all fixed now. 
Yeah, well, you know, this is the first time I've actually felt confident. I wish after all these years that we knew it was that simple, you know, that um, Rishi Sunak was going to demand it and, and expect to be taken seriously. You know, I, <laughs> but I think in, in all seriousness, it's just more lip service. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what you get from these people. Macron has no interest whatsoever in stopping getting them out of France. It's as simple as that. And if you can ship them onto the UK and the UK are there already with their arms open, you know, it, it can be stopped out from our end. You know, it can be stopped here. You know, it's pointless trying to go to the source anymore because it's it's clear that it's a money pit. Well, they have no intention of stopping France it. France is obviously doing the right thing. Remember the migrant we spoke to outside the Campanile? He said that the reason he came over from France was because they made them homeless. Yeah. So, that you yeah. know, they're, they're obviously doing the right thing. And I mean, Sunak, you know, he, he's not going to do anything either. I mean, he says he is. He's not. Because just take a look at the Rwanda deal with Priti Patel, yeah. right? It's just another ploy, an election ploy, to make it look like they're doing something. But in reality, they're doing nothing because they need to stop the problem at the source and they're yeah. not doing it. Yeah. No, oh, because they're yeah. up to, what, 38,000? And I guess it's in France's interest to push them onto the UK. Oh. They don't want them staying there. So if they can point towards the UK and say, well, here's some boats for you that way, then it, it actually does make sense for from yeah. a French perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even with that, you know, open tap of, of them flowing into the UK, you still see the state on France. You see the state on Paris. Paris isn't the place that you'd even take no. someone anymore. You know, it used to be when I was younger, it's where you'd imagine you take your future partner to this beautiful place. It's uh, it, it's it's horrendous now Dumb. what you're seeing there. You know, that how, and this seems to be mirrored anywhere where these people go, even to the places like the hotels, these lovely four-star hotels they're staying in. They trash those because they can't clean up after themselves. Everywhere they go, it's an absolute state. Instead of Sunak telling Macron what he should do about his own country, maybe he should um, stop, well, he should disband the border force and stop using them as a bloody taxi service to take yep. all the migrants in and instead just say, nope, back around you go. Right? That's, that's the best thing to do instead of criticising Macron for what he's doing in his own country. Why don't you focus on your own, like, mm. why doesn't Sunak focus on the UK and sort out the problem here? Yeah. Well, yeah. To complete. Well, Sunak will focus on whatever he's told he should uh, focus on. Um, if I. Oh, is that on? Uh, sorry, get a comment. Uh, Julie, was that on? Was that on Twitch? Oh, it's maybe on. Sorry. Um, I was getting, getting distracted. Uh, let me jump on to the next, which is again continuing this theme. Uh, this was this was just over a week ago, but I think it's such a a big story. Um, and it shows the, uh, I guess, uh, the focus of our governments on what actually is the right thing to do. And here we have exclusive kicked out so migrants can be let in. Lifeboat crew and training course are thrown out of hotel to make way for asylum seekers as thousands of migrants are put up in five-star hotels with one in four resorts block booked for months. But you think, I mean, the lifeboats, the RNLI, uh, that whenever you're in trouble, if you're out on your little boat, uh, if you're a British citizen out in your little boat and uh, you expect one of those orange lifeboats to appear and rescue you. But it seems if they're being turfed out because we don't have enough space to put the invasion that's coming over, um, yeah, I mean, questions need to be asked. But again, this is a conservative government. This is what the conservatives do in our country. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really important part to remember is this is a Conservative government doings. You know, the, I, I know that with Labour, it would have been probably a hell of a lot worse, but we haven't got a Conservative government anymore. This isn't Conservatives. You know, they are now looking for um, more financial, financially sustainable um, place other than hotels. Yeah. They, they're trying to look for cheaper ways of doing it. So not send them back. We're you know, looking at a cruise ship as well. Cruise ship was a yeah, it was, it was another option. You know, there, yeah. there, there's and what their focus is is um, processing the applications. So that's going to be right. Okay, accepted. Give them a house. Accepted. Give them a house. Accept. That's not send them back. Send them back. Send them back. Yeah. Which is what it should be. You know, they're already here in the UK. There's even you know people who have committed crimes whilst their application is being processed, and they're still allowed to have that app- application continued. Whilst they're in prison, you like, know, like the Albanian who uh, who raped a young boy at a hotel. That's them. That's yeah. If I can use the word, um, at a hotel, and then he he went to jail, was released, and wasn't deported, mm. and he was allowed to continue with his asylum seeker application. Yeah. Um, and all these people are looking for houses. That's what their next step is, and that's what they're being given. So you've got companies like Clear Springs Ready Homes Limited that takes them in, puts them into a HMO or a hotel, which Circo handles mm-hmm. the hotels, and then um, waits until their, their their application processes, puts them into a house, and then moves in the next lot. And it's just a com- continuous cycle that we cannot handle. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, just to put it into perspective, the we went, we covered Panali, Panali migrant camp. That was about 250 male migrants dumped into the middle of a little teeny, teeny village, you know, on the edge of the, on the coast of West Wales. So that had a massive, massive effect. It was closed down because obviously, not because they shouldn't be here, but they didn't want them there. They needed them closer to some of better facilities. Then more recently now, there was an article came out regarding just down the road from where I am now, um, an altercation between a someone who was one of the Panali migrants with a, with his boss. So I don't know how he was working and money. Um, there was a, there was a lot of um, riot police and armed response that went down to deal with this. But then also that it came out that he had went home and he had slashed his housemate's face. Now this is the next street over from me where I'm living right now. You know where I where my house is. You go over one street. That's the house that this Panali migrant was in. So they are being dotted around and they are being given houses, um, and and they are going to be around you, ultimately, you know, around everybody. Yeah. No, and today was this demo. Let me bring up this was. Uh, this was from Nigel's getter feed, and this is the Churchill statue with an Albanian flag, and there were many others of uh, masses of Albanians outside Parliament, very angry that uh, we were talking about them and talking about them not being in the country, and I think talking about racism. But I mean, the the dr- the the drug crime, the the crime that actually is coming over from Albania. And not only people trafficking, but drugs as well. Uh, we have a right, and yet the Albanians say, "Well, how do you? You should fix this problem by giving Albanian citizens visas for the UK." I mean, screw that! You don't have any right. But today has been uh, many, and I think yesterday demonstrations of Albanians outside. You think we've got it messed up if the politicians don't come down hard on that mm. um, and reject that instead of pandering to that. The, the, the first thing the Albanians did, and by the way, Bel- Albanians aren't even refugees, they're 
illegal immigrants because a yep. refugee is someone fleeing conflict. Albania is not currently at war and thus they are illegal immigrants, which is something that the left cannot seem to comprehend, right? The first thing they did when they, come, they came into the UK was try and take over the drug trade in London. And yep. now you've got them executing people on Facebook, but it's, it's okay because poor them, they come from a, a, a war-torn country, which isn't even at war. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it's completely... I don't even know, I don't even have the words for how the left can excuse this kind of behavior and say, well, you know, they're still refugees. They have a right to be in this country. They have a right to be in this country if they work, if they don't leech off our benefits and welfare system, and if they actually provide something to our economy. They don't do any of that. No, so I was just going to say, well, they don't even do that if that's what they say. And but but you're absolutely right. You know, they they are being advised to you know employment through these sorts of rings through through drugs you know and, and that's one of the main ones at the moment but to, to go back to what you said there i th- i can't see the politicians doing anything about it mm. i i really can't and like they should be coming down hard on this yeah. and saying how dare you you know you you have been overstaying your welcome already and they should be acting on it and getting them out but they won't i really can't see them i i don't see any solution to what is going on at the moment no. other than I had an interesting chat earlier on, and I haven't heard it suggested yet, but we, we've got British land in Cyprus. Why not fly them there, you know, and process them there? there there's a lot of land <laughs> that, you, that can be used, and they're not on our soil over here. You know, that, that, that's an option, but and, and if they wanted to end it, they could, but it's still going on. I was thinking of turning one of the Outer Hebrides Islands into a prison and dumping them there. Yeah, uh, yeah. why not? I'm saying how long people from the Middle East last in the Outer Hebrides. Yeah. <laughs> begging to go back home. <laughs> that, that's absolutely. my solution. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and g- yeah. It, gives, it gives Sturgeon and Scotland something up there. So uh, that could be their that could be their business, actually, after they run out of oil and, and whiskey and whatever else Scotland <laughs> have. <laughs> yeah. But before I piss off all our Scottish viewers, let me move on, swiftly on. This was a map in the the Daily Mail and the headline from the story was the map that shows the scale of Britain's asylum crisis and reveals the rise in the number of hotels used by government to house migrants at a daily cost of six point eight million pounds to taxpayers. That's just shy of seven million pounds a day that you, I all of you, you pay your taxes and we're told that they'll go up to the highest level ever. Well, they need to go up the highest level ever because we need to pay for all these people. Mm. Uh, I, how do you how do you look at that story um, and respond to that? Well, I can already see there's a lot missing from South Wales. Uh, <laughs> if that's the number of, you know, there, I know of at least you know, eight or nine around wow. South Wales area. It's definitely is, more than that. Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's funny because it's most of the, like all of the top hotels in Cardiff that have swimming pools and are the best of the best, they all have, asylum, mm. well, asylum seekers. Now, obviously we're not negating that Ukrainians are refugees, their country is currently at war, but Albanians are not. And Albanians are being housed in places like the Hilton. The Hilton is literally the top most expensive yeah. hotel in Cardiff. They're not just being housed in Premier Inns and Holiday Inns. They're mm. being housed in the top hotels. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. And, I, you know, the, the simple fact of what this is going to do to the industry as well, you know, hotels that are available, how much of the, you know, if you try and get a hotel in Cardiff for, for a gig that's coming up, 
but fifty percent of them are being taken up by by illegal immigrants now. So yeah. what, you know, how much of the price is going to be on the ones that are left? So what's it going to actually do to the economy? Not just the fact that these people are being funded anyway. They got you know mobile phones, bank cards with a daily allowance put on it for them, free food, free clothes. Not just that, you know, and and that's being paid for by the taxpayer as well. But what it's going to be doing to the economy around those areas, and yeah. and not just that, what it's going to do to the community around those areas, because everywhere we have been, because we go to the areas whenever there's a migrant camp pop up or hotel, we go and speak to the locals because that's where you get the best information from, and you see a, a massive change in every community they go to. People are scared, you know, their children going out, being messaged on Snapchat, uh, things like that. You know, all these things happen in all of these places. And it, I just don't think it's a coincidence. Biggest example was Holiday Inn in Cardiff, which is the reason that police turned up at my parents' house on a busy Saturday evening. Um, when we spoke to the locals around there, I actually filmed some of the, uh, me speaking to them. I obviously didn't film them because he had a little child with her, well, with him, sorry. Um, and he was just worried for his children's safety, didn't want to let her play outside anymore. Um, you had migrants go into these primary school and watching the children you had in um elderly ladies who were putting up fencing and stuff like that you know people was you know had been living there for their entire lives and they were, they were scared mm. and you know justly so as well i mean just look what happened in penali and all the other places they've gone completely downhill the um the housing prices of of those areas also go downhill as well mm. you get um spray paint everywhere you get you know massive drug problems you get crime you get fights you get riots it's such a big issue and it's happening all over the uk and it's an issue which the mainstream media are lacking yeah they, they don't want to report it and that that's the other concerning point um is is the fact that there's no honesty in the media the media in, unless they're forced you know unless there's something which is too big to ignore they will not report it you know, they will know how many, you know, you see the paedophile hunters, for example, how many of them are we seeing now where saying being in the UK for three months, being in the UK for, for four months, any good media or any media, honest media, you think would want to put that out because it's absolutely in the public interest to know what's going on in their local area. But it's all suppressed. The media is 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 playing its part in this invasion. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on to employment and this is our nhs that we were out banging our pots for and now we find out that they're going to go on strike uh the headline here is nurses are getting paid up to two and a half thousand pounds to cover shifts struggling nhs trusts as it's revealed striking medics can earn twice as much by picking up agency work during walkouts it all makes sense now you make more yeah. money when there's a strike. Well, I, I, I would certainly like two and a half thousand pounds for a shift. What about you guys? Yeah, I wouldn't mind at all. You know, it, it, it'd be brilliant just before Christmas. You know, but, <laughs> this is good because I got both parents who are NHS, so this will be uh, an amazing Christmas for myself. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I just think I, I don't think that anybody in this sort of role, like public service, sort of police, um, NHS, fire service, things like that, where a strike could have a an effect on you know on people if there's a staff shortage and then there's less people to give people the treatment that they need then they're putting lives at risk uh, as far as i'm concerned and i know they they say that it's a hard job and you know and it's it's not as good money that's fair enough and and maybe it is but it is what you signed up for 
You know, it yeah. is the wage it was when you applied for the job and the job is the job that you applied for. So, you know, the argument over money doesn't really wash, especially when they are supposed to be, they, they take an oath to do no harm, for example, with yeah. nurses. Now, how much harm is it going to cause with however many hundreds of nurses walking out? Yeah, exactly. And there was, um, I think, in the BBC story of the NHS going on strike, they they pulled up a, they, they took a quote from a student nurse who's first year on the job. Yeah, yeah, first year on the job and saying, "Oh, I can't believe things are so bad here. Oh, they're horrendous. Come on, really?" This... But, um, <laughs> if it's her first year on the job, she thought she was going to just be dancing in corridors all week, didn't she? You know, making TikToks. <laughs> so she thought, "What's this actual work?" <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. This is the same NHS. We had, we did so much reporting with um with with these elderly people who get turned away for refusing to wear a mask. Mm. Um, you had you know I, I was speaking to this lady at the moment who had to stand with a, a newborn baby outside the NHS in the freezing cold, pouring rain because she refused to wear a mask as well. You know, and they they um, medical students were forced to get vaccinated if you know to go on placements there and mm. stuff like that. They do not deserve any more money, and I'm sorry for saying that, but the no, Na- you're right. You're right. The, the Nazi health service, the Nazi <laughs> health service. That's what we call them, right? Because they have been Nazified, and it's they've become so political, right? They have. It's- yeah. Well, there's a perfect example. I don't know if you saw it. John O'Looney um, shared a video regarding yeah. the flu vaccinations, and he and he said that there was yeah. this elderly chap in line at the pharmacy ready to get his flu jab, and he said, you know, he, he called her when she was left him on her own, on his own. Mm-hmm. And he asked her, you know, he said, you know, that there's a lot of people who are dying after these jabs. And she's like, oh, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, I've, I've got it. It's my job. I've got to take them. So people are willingly, you know, going along with things, knowing that they're bad because yeah. they're being told to do it. So, again, I'm with you on that. Where yeah. I, I, even asking for a pay rise is a bit of a cheek. My mum's friend as well, who's uh, who came to a bunch of the COVID marches and anti-lockdown protests, very against the COVID vaccine, was then offered money to go and do the flu nasal jab. Right. to young people and she was like yeah i'll do that because it's extra money um so and then she tried convincing herself oh it can't be that bad can't be that bad even though evidence was coming out around the time that the flu um nasal spray is just as just as bad as the covid one so it's you know it, it is money talks doesn't it money talks absolutely does it's well uh just following orders where have we heard that before but this uh, this shows where the unlucky places are NHS trusts are striking. If you're in Scotland, Wales or Northern Ireland, you're screwed. If you're in England, you've got some hopes there of maybe your local hospital. Well, they don't work at the best of times, so I don't know what it'll be like then. Um, and London, actually, London's fairly good for hospitals. But I don't understand how someone who studies medicine, who goes in that profession, and they're striking because they want more money we'd all like more money to me actually you work well and you hope that will be recognized uh, but i can't even understand the mindset of striking especially if you're in a frontline service yeah, where yeah. it's quite critical and in your hands or someone's life and yeah. you choose to actually put them at risk um so it's yeah that's the that situation all those red ones and I'm sorry, you guys in Wales aren't coming out very well out of this. So no. don't need a hospital. Yeah. And do you know what the worst thing about all of this, you know, the, the, the simple fact of this is, um, if, for example, like if I needed to go to the hospital, it would be an absolute last resort because 
you're there for you know potentially days to be mm -hmm. seen and that's that's no joke i had kidney stones a little while ago it was really bad you know it really hurt so i actually went into hospital and i was sat in a corridor with a i think it was like 87 year old man and he was there for i think he was there quite a while before me and i was sitting in that corridor for 12 hours so he had been there for, and I was there quite early on in the morning as well. So he had been there through the night. Yep. And, you know, it, it's it's not fit for purpose as it is. And this is leads me on to the next point, is the, is the fact that it's so badly mismanaged, the NHS, with, you know, it's top heavy on, you know, management, admin. They, you know, so much money for paracetamols, for example. They get exactly the same that you get for 45 pence. You know, but they're paying 45 quid. Yep. You know, it, it's an absolute money pit. And because they haven't had to really, there's no accountability for what their expenditure is. There's, There's been no, you know, I would be saying, I'm pulling your funding until you learn how to spend it. Yeah. Because that's that's what it is. At the moment, I would say, get rid of it. it it's, you know, it, it's not fit for purpose. And if you wanted to opt out of paying your national insurance, then fair enough, because then you could go private. Yeah. This is this is the thing as well, though. You mentioned the wait times. Well, apparently the wait times from people have spoken to at the NHS, they say that the wait times aren't because they don't have enough ambulances or anything like that. They have enough ambulances. Mm -hmm. But when they get to the hospital, the patient is pretty much just sitting in the ambulance for hours at a time yeah. because they don't have enough beds. Yeah. So they have enough money to put, what, about seven, eight million mm -hmm. a day into housing illegal immigrants, but not enough money to buy enough beds to actually, you know, do anything about the, the number of, yeah. of sick people. Yeah. It is absolutely disgusting. I, I, I was so advised long. by the paramedic, don't if you if you need to come back in, don't just drive back in. Ring nine 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 and get an ambulance because you'll be seen quicker. You know, yeah. that, that that's the state of it. So everybody who was unfortunate enough to be do the right thing and not waste NHS time and, and you know vehicles and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, just left sitting there, yeah. you know, and, and until that ambulance, you know, the amount of ambulances that are full outside are offloaded, they got no hope. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's, it's it's a shambles at the best of time. If it was if it was award winning medical care and they were being paid peanuts for doing a fantastic job, then I'd support them, you know, yeah, absolutely. But they're not. It, it's 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 a it's a mess at the moment. Um, let me jump with the next one because, of course, I would put at the foot of. Uh, people like Hancock, who I think is one of the most evil people in the world. And people yeah. say, don't demonize. No, he is pure evil, what he has done to people. And he was saying, oh, I hope people get over my misdemeanor of breaking the rules. Well, people couldn't see loved ones. And so that that's the NHS crisis that we have because of evil like that and like Boris and every other politician in Westminster. And here we have the mental health issue, which is partly from that and partly from snowflake-itis, I guess. But mm. mental health epidemic is shrinking UK workforce and fueling staff shortages. Um, it says the number of people neither working nor seeking work has ballooned since the pandemic to almost 9 million. I guess somehow people need to be looked after in society. But if you're getting more and more people not um, neither working nor actually wanting to work, then you've got a, a serious problem. And I wonder whether the issue of mental health is just used as a way of actually not wanting to work. No, there are serious cases, of course, but I wonder where that's been used as an excuse. Well, um, yeah. there was a there was an article recently as well. This uh, this young person about nineteen twenty is now being given um, government paid for therapy sessions because he's got 
over grief over climate change or something he's worried about <laughs> climate change and so that's causing <laughs> mental health issues right um in my student accommodation right now we're being given like we didn't even ask for them right i just had an email there's a gift downstairs for you okay great i'll go get it what was it a bunch of cards saying things will get better soon um it doesn't have to feel like this forever uh there um there was so many wasn't yeah, there don't do it <laughs> uh, what, i would uh, you would you need to get cards and put trump 2024 on them and hand them out that's how yeah. you help people yeah <laughs> I, I have i'm so working on a project at the moment right where i'm going to order in a bunch of uh, leaflets or something like that something to do with trump near election time we're going to then um put them in envelopes and send them to each universe yeah. like room within the accommodation really to rustle some feathers because most of them know um who i am and what i do and that's why they don't like me yeah um, so <laughs> bloody student <laughs> yeah no i i think as well um matt hancock uh, the, the whole talk of amnesty and, and things like that, yeah. you know, it, it absolutely makes make, literally makes me sick. Now, the how they can be asked to be, you know, forgiven for all that they've done. But onto the the article there, the mental health. There are going to be some people who have lost loved ones or that. You know, say goodbye over the phone. And I bet that is something that would break you. You know, if 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 I'm honest, you know, I couldn't imagine that you know luckily i was in a position where you know my family are a bit smarter than that and we didn't stop you know we were seeing yep. each other non-stop yep. but there's so many people who i know that didn't see their parents for for you know nearly a year and a half you know if they had lost their parents in that year and a half it could have mentally broke them because they were that scared you know so there will be some people who are i i would say genuinely damaged more people than were damaged by covid mm -hmm. but then there are going to be so many people milk in it because how do you prove mental health you know you just got to say you don't feel too good or you feel sad and all this and all that but you know there's no way of proving it and if people see they're going to get free ride from that then unfortunately after having two years off work fully paid they're not going to want to go back to work and if there's yeah. a way they can get out of it I, I i think they're going to but you can use that to your advantage though and say well i don't want to wear a mask because of my mental health Gives me anxiety. Well, it didn't work, did it? Because there were some people who would you who would say that, um, and and they included would be, me, and it never it never stopped working. Really, yeah. they, they'd what say, "Oh, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask," and then what what they're going to do? Force me to wear one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, were, but, yeah. but there were people who weren't seen in the hospital uh, mm. who didn't wear a mask. And I know I travelled in with someone um, who had. Uh, who had badly cut themselves, and I went in with them, and they said, you have to wear a mask. Um, now, I wore a mask because although I was extremely pissed off because I was there to help someone else and for me mm. to be able to help them. So I was forcing that situation. Um, but that's, yeah. Well, let, let, let's yeah. Let, let's move on to employment to Musk. And I... I love this. All those poor people who have sat at home. This is the Independent in Ireland. Twitter Dublin staff told they must work 40 hours a week in the office as work from home is ended. New Twitter owner Elon Musk's decision comes despite moves to make requests to working from home a worker's right in Ireland. How's it your right to sit at home? But it, it's, it's wonderful that Musk has come in and read the RAD Act. And I don't know whether his experiment will work i don't know what he's playing at i don't know what the end game is all but all that to the side it's just quite fun of how he's actually telling people no you need to actually get in the office and work a whole week 
yeah. yeah. And that's the funny thing is that why would they even be working from home now anyway? You know, the, the working from an office, it has its benefits in, yeah. without a doubt, you know, especially on a, you know, a massive company like Twitter, you know, where you're going to probably need to speak to a lot of people throughout the day. You know, it's surely working in an office would be better anyway. But, you know, the, the fact that they think it should be a, you know, a human right to work at home, you know, how self-entitled is that? Do you see the video I showed, right? It was um what a day in the life of a Twitter employee. Yeah, they go in, they um they go to like one or two meetings, that's their entire day, and then the rest of the day is doing yoga, <laughs> um, sitting in silent rooms, playing pool, uh, drinking boba. I swear I swear to god, that's their entire Twitter days, like yeah. two meetings and the rest of it just playing around doing nothing and then maybe like half hour of work at the end. So you know, and then do you see uh, Elon Musk's meme that he sent to all the employees to tell them they was were that fired? true? That was because true, I actually watched, I saw it on TikTok, right? <laughs> and it was the guy saying, I've actually had this, I worked on developing this, that, whatever, and I've had this, and it was like, get your coat, you're fired, or something. It, it was just a picture of him, and I didn't know if it was true. I thought, surely not. Well, well I've seen a couple of people say, no, that was genuine. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something he does. If you keep an eye on his Twitter, he's just constantly on the memes. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it would fit with what he says. So whether yeah. or not it's true or not, who cares? Don't get the truth in the way of a good story. I, I am enjoying seeing it, you know. And I, I personally would not go back to Twitter anyway. I I think it's it's, it's days are done, and yeah. I just love get. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think it deserves you know people's support rather than Twitter. I don't think it does at all anymore. So you still use Twitter. No, I'm banned. Are you banned again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I'm on my fourth like lifetime ban. I think now on. Yeah, but I'm sure you're a Nazi, so I'm sure that's why. Uh, well, no? apparently so. Yeah, yeah which, is, which is strange. But anybody far, far, or anybody a touch to the right of Karl Ooh, Marx is a Nazi. Right, you, you were going to say <laughs> Right. Let's move on to before I get you guys in any more trouble. Uh, <laughs> so on to COVID. Uh, this is what it's all about. Uh, a slap on the face. Pfizer chief boasts to investors that COVID will continue to be a multi-billion dollar franchise for many years to come as firm prepares to stick 10,000% markup on its vaccine. Uh, Pfizer has earned about 60 billion, or is that 80 billion, on vaccines and the antiviral drug Paxlovid. Uh I mean, a whole side of this is what well, partly about control, but it's about generating money for these mm. huge pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Well, I think there was a uh, report by Project Veritas, um, James O'Keefe, and he said that their entire, most of their money now, most of their income is derived from the COVID vaccine and yeah. nothing else. They yeah. made absolute, so much money off the COVID vaccine. They also had a contract with the US government as well that said that if the vaccine was proved ineffective and unsafe then the government would continue to buy the vaccine off Pfizer so the government actually had a vested financial interest in pushing the vaccine pushing that it was safe and effective when it, in reality it wasn't then you had the CDC and they had some conflict of interest mm. as well didn't they with Pfizer mm. yeah I think so and you know th this just shows that it's the same with anything, you know, like cancer research, for example. There's just no money in a cure, um, mm -hmm. uh, and that's unfortunate. If they if they cured cancer, there'd be how many people? How, how much money are these big CEOs on working within these these organisations? You know, so it just shows that it's a mon another money making scheme, and these people will cream as much off the top as possible, despite what you know what what the benefits are or the the negatives are for people who are taking it it's you know people are just cattle more than anything cannon fodder 
Yeah, and there were two stories I came across in the last few days. Uh, of course, we don't 100% know if they're linked to the vaccine. But hey, let's ask the question anyway. This is Northern Ireland. Keith Farmer, Northern Ireland's four-time British motorcycling champion, dies aged 35. That was 10th of November. And I think there was a story about a footballer in Scotland, again in the last few days, also died. Uh, and no one is asking these questions in none of them. Even the media on the right will mm. not touch this because they are pushing the line it is safe and effective. And hey, maybe it's not. Let's ask that question. But I I'm sure you guys also have seen story after story after story about someone who is young or a sports star and suddenly they die. Yeah, and you know, I think you know, sooner or later, we're going to be at, at the point where people are saying, "Oh, age thirty-five, oh, that's a good age," you know, because it it is, you know, that that seems to be around about the age now that people are suddenly dying, which is which yeah. is really straight. You know, I don't, I just don't know what the ex explanation is behind it, but it, it's not just the the famous people that's happening all the time. You're even getting examples of people saying. Or anybody doesn't take the the jab, you know, you deserve everything you're going to get. You're a drain, and then they die, you know. And you've had so many examples of even that now. But I think the worst is you get in examples of people you know, you know, people you speak to people now whose parents something's happened to their parents, something's happened to their family, their friends. Everybody's got some kind of story now of somebody who's had some sort of reaction to the vaccines, and you know, it, it's. It's horrible because everybody was, was was fooled by the people dropping down all over the streets in China. You know, people were, oh, my God, this is terrifying. Look what's going on in China. But they're seeing football fans and footballers drop dead on the pitch and they're not questioning it. They're not thinking to ask two questions. So it shows, again, the power of the media and their stance in all of this. You know, how impartial, how fair, how biased they actually are. It's mad because I still haven't met anyone who I know, who knows anyone who's died from COVID no. at all. Uh, maybe being in hospital for a little bit uh, if they're elderly or, you know, come down with a cold, but they've never died from it yet. As you said, everyone will know someone who's had an adverse reaction to the jab or died from it. Mm. And it's devastating, isn't it? But it's going to get much worse in the near future. I bet you, you know, the, the um, average age of death actually increased through the pandemic, but I bet you it's going to drop... <laughs> now that the pandemic is over because of how many people are yeah. experiencing bad reactions well, to the jab. Well, well this was the uh, another story I just had caught. This was, uh, this was, where was it from? Uh, Capital FM, Scotland Radio. Two footballers die within hours of each other. Tributes have been paid to two teenage footballers who died within hours of each other. A 13-year-old. Uh, and again, it's all, they don't know why. They just died. An 18-year-old died in his sleep and a 13-year-old collapsed during the match. 13-year-olds. Mm. And again, no questions being asked. And I wonder how, I, I mean, the media are so complicit to not asking the questions. Yeah. Uh, and surely they, some of them are putting two and two together and they're choosing to ignore it. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, the media, they know what's going on. They they know the same the same with Savo. Everyone knew what was going on, but they yeah. just wanted to catch it. Same with the grooming gangs, you know, it's no different whatsoever. Same with FGM, like we're finding now. There's so much that the media know about and just will not touch. It doesn't take a genius to try and piece together what's going on here. You know, how many 
How many times did you hear of a child dying on a, on a football pitch? How many times have you? I, I've up until Black Lives Matter, I've been a, a football fan my entire life. You know, I, I travelled with the Welsh team to we went to France. Um, it was Swans fan, and I always have been. You know, and I've never, ever, ever, ever known or heard of a player having a heart attack on the pitch. Now, yep. in the last season, you yep. know, across the world, how many hundreds of people? I, I think it's over four hundred now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's non-stop. insane. It's absolutely, absolutely insane. Let's. You mentioned about football. Let's <coughs> finish off on this. No. Um, and if Pro Jam, if you can scroll up a little bit on that, Cup of Hit was the Sun's headline. Outrage as Qatar World Cup ambassador says being gay is damage in the mind as homosexual fans could face execution. This was, he said, they will have to abide by our rules. I I am actually sitting back. I'm quite curious to see how this actually plays out um, because you've got an Islamic country that actually there are penalties for those who are gay and it is death. Uh, so I, I wonder what... How this will play? I mean, there are so many issues that will come in with women and men being separated, going to a match and not having alcohol, but then actually being told the LGBT community should express themselves. Well, good luck for that. Might be a one-way ticket. Yeah. Well, sorry, but I I just want to say on this, the whole point is we may not like what their culture is, but it's their culture. Who are we to go there and say that, no, 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 you have to accept us. Not everybody is the same as Britain. This is the problem that we've got, is that you've now got British people, MPs saying we need to get the English football team, the Welsh football team to wear their rainbow armbands and and stuff like that. And who do they think they are to go over there and tell them how their culture should be? Yeah, it's horrendous. Mm -hmm. It's horrific. And no, I don't agree with any of it, you know, to to be perfectly honest. But it's, it's their culture. We don't have a right to say. I, the sun are calling it the cup of hate. How many reporters are they going to have out there? You know? Uh, Gary yeah. Lineker, you know, we did a lot with Danny Roscoe with his um, the Black Lives Matter, the taking yeah, of yeah. the knee. We went to Wembley, and and for you know that's what turned me off football altogether. It was the, the all this knee bending and politics. So for them to be, go from bending their knee on the pitch for slavery that happened two hundred years ago, and you got all these pundits and ex professional footballers also saying that anybody that doesn't do this, you know, you're a, you know, you're an awful person, you you're a racist and this and that, whatever. And they, and and th- this World Cup, there's been at least six thousand five hundred people, eh, sorry, not people, migrant slaves yeah, yeah. died building this. Yeah. So you know, Stan, you know, put it out there the other day that they're going to be dancing on the graves of slaves for ninety minutes at a time. And, and these people who were being all virtuous are happy to go out. David Beckham, ten million pound. Gary Neville, he's off. He had a bit of a a kick in on some TV show recently, but even that wasn't hard enough. You know, they, they're again, bunch of hypocrites, champagne socialists, Mark Drakeford in Wales. As soon as George Floyd died, he was almost bouncing in his chair, ready to try and rip down as much as he could in Wales. And he did do some, you know, that Thomas Picton, you mentioned earlier on, you know, this, this guy liberate, he, he died in the battle of Waterloo fighting against Napoleon, liberating Europe from slavery. So this is who this, Racist slave owner was absolute nonsense. And but he wasn't even a did. slave owner. It was his. Bla- it 
it was this black yeah. wife who owned black slaves. Yeah. So, yeah. It, uh, you know, it wasn't even, it, was, mm. it had nothing to do with them. He yeah. liberated the slaves, as we just said. But it was so much, you know, that happened around Wales yeah. in Black Lives Matter. Anything with any link, you know, was literally up for up for the taking. It was luckily that we stopped quite a few monuments actually being pulled down around South Wales. An obelisk to Sir Thomas Picton was, has been there for, I can't remember exactly, but close to 200 years, you know. Um, and they wanted to tear that down. And until we made a kick up about it and started going to the locals and saying this is what they want to do, they they, prevent, they 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 didn't do it in the end, you know. But then he's announcing he's going to Qatar, you know, to, to go and watch the, the football. Swansea City have got a massive hat in the middle, you know, Welsh, you know, the bucket hat sort of things in the middle of the, the city centre. They, so they're, they're openly promoting and advertising and, you know, modern day slavery at the end of the day. So it's it's it, uh, shambles. And shame on anybody that watches this World Cup. Absolutely. I, I Well, I'm actually wondering if Gary Lineker goes out and does his LGBT ally, much the day maybe actually having an empty chair uh, because he's not, not coming back. Walkers <laughs> may need someone advertising their Chris. He's not coming back. Yeah. Poor yeah, Gary yeah. Neville, he's not coming back. They may actually face the full force of Qatari law. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if we wish for that, but hey, they, they may change their tune quite quickly after. But and, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's exactly right. I think they will. Well, I don't think they will actually, because I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the reality of no. what it's like out there. Unfortunately, because like you, I am watching. Uh, I'm not going to be watching any of the games, but I am keeping an eye because I do think something's going to happen if yeah. they go out there and the British go out there with their, you know, rainbow brigade, which is what it's turning into. It's not even turning into football anymore. It's politics again. Um, if they go out there with their rainbow brigade, I can see some consequences and are they deserved? Mm, you know, I'd probably say so. Why provoke, you know, you can't, you can't this, get mad about being bit by a bear. If you're poking it with a stick. This is the thing though. They're, they're, they're still hell bent on multiculturalism. You know, whatever yeah. country they, they, you know, wokeness touches. I mean, in this country, they're trying to eradicate Welsh culture, you know, British culture, whatever. They want to um, rewrite history, you know, mm. tear down monuments, whatever. Right. And they, they want to do that in every other country as well. It's, you know, I mean, you walk down the street now, they used to have so much history to it. And you see what a bunch of kebab shops and corner shops and, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's, Exactly, in Turkish barbers, yeah, uh, which I may or may not get my haircut from. So, <laughs> so uh, they, they give me a hard time about that all the time, honestly. Um, yeah, <laughs> at, at least you've got to get her hat, which can cover any bad haircuts. So yeah, 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 yeah. They gave me one last time, actually, a really bad haircut. They gave me exa- I've got a book for him to take home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, bring that with you and sit and read in the waiting room while you're waiting for your haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe leave a copy. That's what you leave yeah. a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll think about that. I might do it. Oh, no, no, no. They've got books in my university on refugees and stuff like that. I might just take that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. In yeah. Swap it, absolutely. <laughs> um, on that, uh, we haven't really touched, any, we're, we'll finish up, but haven't touched any US elections because we had ban on a Thursday. There haven't been any updates. Um, so that's why we hadn't really touched that as we've already covered it this week. But yeah. thank you, as always, for coming along. Dan and James, great to have you and good to have you on, James. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Not all. Um, for viewers and audience, make sure and follow Voice of Wales on Getter, which is the place to be on any social media site, or you can go to voiceofwales.com and follow them on the website. Uh, let me finish off with our viewers. Uh, what have we got? Monday, we've got Bridget Gabriel, uh, Chair of Act for America, which seems to be one of the most feared and most influential organizations opposing the rise of Islam in America and also has broadened it. So she's coming on to talk about how Act for America are pushing back Islamofascism. So join us, or Islamo-Marxism, same difference. Join us on Monday for Bridget Gabriel. Uh, I've been wanting to have her on for months, uh, so we've managed to tie down a date where we had a conversation a few days ago. So that will come to you on Monday. So I wish you a wonderful rest of your Saturday. Have a good weekend and look forward to seeing you on Monday with Bridget Gabriel. So thank you and good night. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.